in today's episode. We're getting hot. With some fire. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And by fire, I mean candles. You're going to give it away that easily? I thought you were giving out clues. Like, we're going to get waxy. We're going to get waxy. There's going to be a waxy buildup in today's episode. (laughs) We're going to smell things. Yeah. There's going to be some delightful scents. Some smoke. Some smoke. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Maybe a fire alarm. Three alarm fire. Three alarm fire. What else can we say? I don't know. So far, we're starting out great Uh with this episode. Uh We have a special guest. Jen from Exmo Candle Company is here. We're going to introduce her Mm -hmm. right after the commercial break. All righty. Be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Uh, God. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. <laughs> Is that better why. or worse than yours? Team Mary or Team Shelly on the... On I the... think it's pretty much equal. It's a toss-up. Oh. But we have a special guest today. We do. She's sitting right here. Team Jen. Oh, from yeah. the Exmo Candle Company is here today. Thank you, Jen, for joining us. Yay. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. We are so pleased to have you because guess what we're doing right now? Hmm. We are burning our special candle from the Exmo Candle Company. We decided to go with Gay Away the Prey. Yeah, that's the name of our candle. That's the name of the candle. What does it smell like, Mary? Mmm, sin no, and lesbians. The actual, well, yes, but the actual stuff. No that's lesbians in were harmed in the making of this candle. <laughs> so we fucked up some sin big time. Okay. Okay. Firewood, black tea, and sweet orange are the three main ingredients. I think there's a couple other ingredients yeah. in there. Yeah, there's some sriracha, and yeah, there's, we'll put yeah. it on the product page when it's up. Yeah, that was mm. the coolest part because we live, you know, within a half hour of each other. We got to go over to, to Jen and tell me your husband's name again. Adrian. Adrian. Jen and Adrian's. To I want to call it their lab. We went to their lab, mm-hmm. their laboratory where they create these. We actually call it our den of iniquity because it's oh, in the shit. basement. Oh, okay. In that case, nice. the den of iniquity lab. <laughs> wow. It was such a cool process. So you have these little strips of paper, essentially. They're a little bit thicker than standard strips of paper. They're like those things that you pee on to see if you have like a urinary mm-hmm. tract infection. Just like that. Yep. Or maybe a pool tester. Yes. Similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they're UTI strips. Thank you. <laughs> oh, for real? No. <laughs> Just to be clear. I'm like, oh, I'm totally buying this one. Yeah, Jen goes to like, you know, medical supply. I need like the big Costco size of UTI strips. What are you talking about? We put on our cat burglar masks and steal them. We have to make everything sinful. Yes, that's true. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like on Fight Club when they they steal the liposuction fat to make candles. Do you, do, they or do? they make soap. They make soap out of that oh, stuff. Out of liposuction fat? Mm-hmm. What are yours Ooh. made out of, Jen? <laughs> now I'm worried. Ask me no questions and I will tell you no lies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, this puts a whole new uh, spin on what we're burning right now. Right. Mm-hmm. But we got to basically pick the scent Yeah, so ourselves. she dips the UTI test strips in. <laughs> like, like oils. Like essential single oils or oils. whatever. Single yeah. oils. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she had all these different types of, like, we were like, we want some sort of wood-type vibe. Woody, like, like, like butchy, lesbian, but a little <laughs> bit sweet. Right, right, right. Not too butchy. Sli- slightly hot and sort of sexual, but also... A little spice in there, maybe? Like a good cologne around the fire pit. But not too cologne <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but how nothing would you, floral. How would, Jen, how would you describe this fragrance? Well, basically, lesbian-y, butchy, sexy, musky. Oh, yeah, musky, sexy. <laughs> musky, yeah, sexy. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. There's a little hint of spice, I feel like. Oh, didn't we put, like, a little clove or something in there? There's there's a few spices. I don't remember off the top of my head because there's, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into it. But I remember one was sriracha. There's some black pepper in there. Oh, yeah. There's some clove, I believe, a tiny bit. Yeah. And then citrus to fight off the scurvy. I'm guessing that— Oh, uh, right. Pirate God would like that. The sweet orange— <laughs> That's you, nice. Have Pirate God uh, read the label. Firewood! Black tea! Sweet orange! <laughs> Haven't done that voice in a while. Yeah, how's your throat? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you wouldn't want to do a lot of that. You know, I know not everybody is a fan of Pirate God, and that's okay. Wait, who said they're not a fan? No, some people are not a fan of Pirate God. Wait, someone said that? We're not going to name names no, here, No, did really Shelley. someone say that? Yeah, someone said third hand that they were not a fan of 
Pirate. Why are we putting this on because the episode? Because I can't they believe need to that be nobody. Shamed. No, no one needs to be shamed. No, right I'm not now. shaming. But like, how could you not? All I'm saying is, if you're into character voices, go listen to Queer Life Crisis. Starts with episode one. Jugs Magoogle, lesbian private eye. It's all about the character voices. So there you go. Okay. If I started listening Parker. to that recently, oh, yeah? and that is my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So. It's just going to get stupider. Uh-huh. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, what a fun process dipping these things in the oils mm-hmm. and then I was putting them, I was kind of like holding them all in a group when I, what I wanted to smell together. And then Jen would get out a jar. You throw these these little strips that have been dipped. All your different strips with Yeah, that have been stuff. dipped in the uh-huh. different scents. And they go in a jar with a cap on. And then, you know, you kind of shake it up or whatever. You let it sit there for a minute and then you smell it. And that gives you the idea of what the finished candle will smell like. Yes. I know. It was lovely. It was really fun. I've never done that before. I had a great I time. I I was so excited picking mm-hmm. out our candle scents. That mm-hmm. was really cool. We did poll the group on Facebook, Latter-day Lesbian Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. Because, you know, that always trips off the tongue. Mm -hmm. And the winner was, I'm starting to think it's all fake. But then we were thinking about it. And some people might just go to Exmo Candle Company who have no idea who Latter-day Lesbian Podcast is. Truth. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we were like, we don't want to be too insider with jargon that's specific to the podcast. We want everyone to feel like they can We're all inclusive. We're all inclusive mm-hmm. here. We want to feel like other people could relate to whatever this fragrance mm-hmm. is or mm-hmm. the name of the candle. So that's why we went with that. We also had a write-in for Gay the Prey Away. We decided to go with Gay Away the Prey because if you look up Gay the Prey Away, there's like somebody's got a book out. There's other stuff with that title. So I thought this would be good. We kind of our own thing. We went back and forth on it so many times that I literally don't even know, know which we ended on. Well, I can show it to you right now. It's called <laughs> Gay Away the Prey. Got it. It's right in front of us. <laughs> it's it right here. It smells delicious. It does smell delicious. Mm-hmm. Well, as an English major, I can say that the gay and prey being the first and last words also points to those being the most significant. So. Ooh. We did that on purpose, Justify we? it in a literary analysis <laughs> angle as well. Yeah, that's she's, why I did that. You know, Jen's not just a candle maker, as it turns out. She's kind of smart as fuck, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and she makes fun purring sounds. I know. <laughs> and I'm only a quarter way through my angry orchard. Uh, yeah, she brought her own drink. We've realized that Jen's a, a lightweight, so we're going to get her shit-faced and call an Uber. Well, you know what? On one angry orchard. It was probably orchard. smart that she brought her own beverage because all you got are those weird Corona drinks. Um, I actually have a regular Corona in the fridge, but I just felt like coconut lime refresca, not fresca, refresca, meaning it refreshes you, I'm assuming, but Mm -hmm. whatever. So I want to know about Jen. Jen, tell us about starting the Exmo Candle Company. I really should practice this more. It's hard to know where to begin, but it basically started because I was looking for ex-Mormon candles. Um, I am obsessed with candles. We've got tons of candles at home, and I like to light candles to set different intentions. Like, I'm really into literary candles also. Ooh, literary candles. What, are the, what, the what does that mean? Oh, you've, you guys have to check out Frostbeard Studios. They're oh. probably my favorite candle company. I've got a few, but they have— You mean besides your own? Well— Ours is obviously the best. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know Frostbeard. You know, they're not paying me to say this. They're just awesome. But they have book theme candles. Like if you like Pride and Prejudice, they have one called Pemberley Gardens. If you're into Lord of the Rings, they have one called Halfling Hills. (laughs) What if you're really into porn? You know, there's like a magazines. company called That Gay Guy Candle Co., and I actually think that <laughs> so they have like, a few They probably candles. have one called, like, Saving Ryan's Privates. You know, oh, God. we should search their website. <laughs> they have a lot of labels, and there might be something like that. Interesting. <laughs> but we couldn't find one, and I've always wanted to make candles. Ever since elementary school, we had a medieval day, and I loved making candles then. My grandmother's maiden name is actually Chandler, which is one word for a candle maker. So it's sort of like, this is fated. Um, (laughs) And we were during the pandemic. Adrian was furloughed. You know, I was in school and we decided, why don't we, why don't we give this a try? And initially we were going to start with like one or two candles. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted licked cupcake and the gay agenda and maybe apostasy or something. And then we just sort of exploded with ideas mm-hmm. and figured, okay, let's make a website. Let's do this whole thing. So in terms of the actual candle company, that's sort of our origin story. And then during the pandemic, we researched the shit out of how to make candles, practiced making candles. I mean, 
like stunk up our basement, you know. <laughs> but also, like, there's something sort of Mormon about having like a physical token mm. of something. Although Mormons are not allowed to burn candles in the church. That's true. Why? I don't know. Because weird. Because it's, it's too, too Catholic. Catholic. It's probably it because it's mm-hmm. too Catholic. You know, Jesus hates those candles. Well, they have to distinguish themselves from the Catholics. We're better than the Catholics because we don't burn candles. That's that's <laughs> idolatry. Well, did you know Bruce R. McConkie actually referred to the Catholic Church as the Church of the Devil? Yes. That's <laughs> a great and abominable church. Like, that's yeah. what I oh, always my God. Was taught and her and so yeah same <laughs> the devil <laughs> well i've got our double candle lit right oh, yeah. here oh yeah mm-hmm. you should dress up investments and oh you know, i like burn it yeah, yeah yeah i think we will mm-hmm. i think i've got one of those roby outfits somewhere <laughs> i just want to swing the the thingy mm-hmm. with the, like the incense holy water and in incense i think it's I always know. smoking i don't know i've only been to mass one time with a Never catholic friend mass. i went uh like a christmas eve or something one time hmm. I used to go a lot when I was Mormon as a sort of rebellious thing. I used to go to like Ash. <laughs> you did? Oh yeah, I used to go to Ash Wednesday and come home with like ash on oh my, my forehead. God. When you freak were, people out, you'd go to the Great and Abominable Church. Oh yeah, and you, when you were still Mormon. Oh, and I was fully believing. I I just um. You want yeah. to fuck with people. I was, you know, it was my rebellious That's streak. true. We should have known I would apostatize. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's what she was doing as her rebellious phase. I I'm like out just drinking, like drinking and having random sex. Yeah. It's great. Well, <laughs> there were multiple rebellious phases. Oh. <laughs> Truth comes out. We'll get into that later. It, it always starts with the ashes on your forehead. Like that. <laughs> That's a gateway. The, the slippery slope. <laughs> the devil's church put his mark on right? Mark devil, on me. Right? The devil marked you. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Okay, so you were looking, you were researching candles, ex-Mormon in particular, right? Right, and I spent two or three hours because I figured, okay, this might not be a big enough product. I might have to go into page seven of Google. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was literally like that. I spent hours the night that I was looking for them. And it was during a time in my life. So I, and we'll probably get more into this later, but I stopped attending church in 2008. Mm-hmm. But for about 10 years, I still thought it was true. Um, mm. And right around 2018, I found out it wasn't true. And so that whole feeling of like discovery and anger towards the church and feeling betrayed and feeling like I wasted so much of my life is still really fresh for me, even though I haven't attended in a long time. I was just so hungry for something like a candle, you know, Mm -hmm. that I could have. And so, yeah, I searched on Etsy. I searched on Google. I went to Pinterest and I actually got really excited when we couldn't find it. You know, there was a second of sort of disappointment and then, you know, talking to Adrian that night and being like, hey, yeah, <laughs> let's do this thing. Let's do this thing that no one's done yet. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you. It's been like the most healing thing to take these issues that I've had with the church, like mm-hmm. purity culture with like cupcake or like, yeah. you know, queer issues with the gay agenda and all these things. And to make a candle about each issue, mm-hmm. pour it into a jar and then light that on fire. <laughs> right. It's oh, yeah. like, I still don't take it for granted. Like, it still feels amazing. That's Um, awesome. That's so sweet. It's symbolic. What a cool idea. It's like, I'm burning (laughs) my drama. Yeah, I'm burning this (laughs) bullshit, right? Right, basically, yeah. yeah. So the 10 years that you were still believing, but you weren't attending, was there guilt surrounding that? Or you just were kind of pushing it out of your head? Oh, no, there was guilt every day. There was a period where I was crying myself to sleep every night, where I would take breaks from work and cry. I would literally think about it almost every day driving home from work. Can I ask why you weren't going? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to try to think of how to give you like the shortest answer possible because it wasn't just one thing. It right. Was no, a, it never is. It a really... buildup of lots of things. Yeah. But I became suicidal when I was in the church. And, mm-hmm. you know, I guess we'll probably want to put a trigger warning. Or, sure. And I actually tried to commit suicide three times while Shit. I was a believer. Was that church and, related? Oh, yeah. That stuff began with a worthiness interview when I was uh, 15. Uh-huh. And got significantly worse when I was a student at Southern Virginia University mm-hmm. um, and with interactions with my bishop and the school psychologist there. God. And then got worse when I came home and was in the singles ward and all of these things. Yep. So that was part of it, and that was prepping me. And I was really suffering, but I think one of the things with these teachings, when they're directed at you, I think it becomes— unfortunately, really easy to justify the teachings and to say there's something wrong with me. It's not exactly what happens. Right. So with the purity culture stuff, 
I didn't like it, but I, I said, well, there's something wrong with me, yeah. you know, and I didn't think there was something wrong with the church. But then in 2008, uh, it was when the church was fighting hard for Proposition 8. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly was able to look with fresh eyes at everything that I had been through in the church and mm-hmm. imagine what it must be like for queer members of the church. Mm. And I thought, this might be true, but I can't raise a kid in this. And I absolutely thought it was true, but we were having a combined—I was in the singles ward, and we were having a combined Relief Society priesthood. It's actually called the meat market. Go ahead. Yes, that's true. We were having a combined lesson for the third hour, and it was just quote after quote after quote that they were having people read that were virulently homophobic. There was something in me. I couldn't take it anymore. And I stood up and I left. And I didn't realize that would be the last time I would go. Mm. But week after week, I just decided not to go back. And the way I thought about it was, if I have a kid, I'm already screwed <laughs> um, yeah. in God's eyes. And I'm already worthless. And I'm already, you know, going down to darkness <laughs> and all of that stuff. But if I shield my kid from that, then they won't be subjected to the same judgment I am, and they right. can get baptized from spirit prison right. and then go to the celestial kingdom. Wow. But what I didn't want to do was raise a kid in it and potentially expose them to yeah. those types of teachings. And also expose them to those teachings and then having them leave the church, and then they're fucked because— Exactly. Now they're going to burn in hell, Mormon hell, you know, because they've gone against the truth. There's no good answer. What do you do? Okay, I'll keep them from the church. But then you have the guilt because you know it's true. Ugh. Right. Well, and Fuck then, the church. Yeah, fuck the church. I want to say non-consensually, fuck the church. <laughs> yes, and as my father-in-law says, sin Vaselina, like without Vaseline. Like. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yes, thank you. Agreed. I mean, I'm thinking there may be a better lubricant out there besides Vaseline. He's old school. He's old school. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> KY. <laughs> So I'm curious, when you went from believing but not attending and the guilt to not believing and being pissed that you were lied to, was it a relief to get to the anger and work through that? What was that like? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a wave. And, you know, I I was almost surprised by how emotional and how relieving it was because it had been so long. Mm-hmm. You know, I think looking from the outside, you might say, oh, you know, well, she's been out 10 years, whatever. No, it was something I lived with every day. And it was some of the most euphoric I've ever felt. I ended up finding my way out because a childhood friend who I really looked up to and who had been the model Mormon, you know, she Mm -hmm. went to BYU. She got married young. She was a housewife and had a lot of kids. Uh, She'd been Relief Society president. Mm -hmm. Wow, she was doing it all. She was Relief Society president, (laughs) but she didn't have as much authority as a 12-year-old boy. Oh, for sure. Now an 11-year-old boy. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Fucking fuck. That's Philip. Mm -hmm. You all have heard me talk about my son, like, Uh crazy-ass Philip. Philip, whose friend is going to grow a unibrow over a weekend. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And who says it's hard for him to focus <laughs> in lacrosse because his mind goes into the fifth dimension. That's the most recent thing. <laughs> Maybe that's the priesthood. Reaching it out could be. Maybe, Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it is. God. We cannot comprehend. <laughs> We're not supposed to. It's the mysteries. We're just women. That's yeah, funny. So Philip, who can't remember to like brush his teeth and change his socks, mm-hmm. he has, mo- he would have more power and more connection to God than me, Uh than a Relief Society president. Exactly. It's insane looking back on, because I used to scoff at like ordained women people. And now I I cringe. (laughs) I know. I'm like, yes, I was the same dumbass. Like, why are you kicking against the pricks, right? That doesn't mean kicking an actual dick. What does that mean? It means like you're kicking against the right way. Like, why are you wasting your energy? Isn't that what it means? Down with women's rights. That's basically what you're saying. Yes, because it's like, why are you trying to rise up against the truth? You know, why are you Because God wants to keep women down, clearly. Yeah. Right? No, he's not keeping us down, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) That voice, I love it. We need to accept our divine roles. Correct. (laughs) Okay. We are (laughs) are partners (laughs) with God in bringing Uh uh, spirit babies through our vessel slash vagina Mm -hmm. um, to repopulate the earth with Mormons. By the way, we need to have an entire fucking podcast about how the church is ripping Heavenly Mother right now. Yes, I didn't even know that. there was a heavenly mother. My opinion is that there's heavenly mothers, oh. which is why oh, sure, part of why they don't polygamy. want to talk about it. 
that would have to be what they believe because the highest order of whatever the species, I don't know what the fuck you want to call it, is a polygamous relationship. So if it's God, of course he has numerous wives. And I was actually taught that all the different races in the world are from his different raced wives. I actually oh. wondered that myself. Did you? Uh, yeah, well, it's yeah, true. Yeah. I didn't if know if Mormon. each mother had her own planet that she populated. Um. Well, it's still his planet. Well, I know it's still his planet, but you know how he makes worlds without number? I was yeah. like, maybe each planet is populated with the children from a different heavenly mother. Well, but then, then how do you also, get the different colored people? Well, various curses throughout the oh, years. Oh, that's right. And, that's right. You know. <laughs> Oh, you're right. Everyone started white. And then the people who were misbehaving, like, nope, you're now brown. You're now black. Who, maybe, what the fuck? Maybe our candle should have been called, I'm starting to think it's all fake. <laughs> because I am. <laughs> you're not starting. We know it's all fake at this point. Choose to believe, Mary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that jib sailed. <laughs> doubt your doubts, Mary. I talked Mary. to this one too much. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Anyway, we'll do an entire episode about this Heavenly Mother shit. <sighs> What? And basically, um, <laughs> the church is like openly now saying that Heavenly Mother is not to be talked about. It's not to be preached about. If you're going to work for BYU, you can't say anything about Heavenly Mother. Yeah. Why? Because patriarchy, Mary. <laughs> God. <laughs> anyway. When you do that episode, can you also talk about the TK smoothie? We will. <laughs> awesome. We, I think we've mentioned that before. So sure. God, like the God God that we are supposed to worship and be afraid of in heaven, Mormon God, he has a penis and nuts. He has to <laughs> enable to procreate. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't make the upper level, you have no genitalia, so you look like a Ken doll. Did, have they been that specific that you don't even have genitalia? Uh, yeah. and um, But you have a human body. Yes. And, of course, it's a fun conversation to be like, well, <laughs> do you have a penis or not? If you do have a penis, can you get erect or not? And then what's the point of a penis? Why not just a TK smoothie, which means celestial kingdom smoothie? Um, and then where right. do you pee? Wait, do you have do you to pee? pee? That's the thing. It's all so <laughs> stupid. There's all these dumb questions that lead off of each other. And you're finally like, we're talking about whether or not you have the penis to pee through in heaven. Or any kind of reproductive Hole? organs. Or Do women pee? Who pees? Oh, and no. can we do it standing up in the afterlife? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going Score. to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even Whether care if it, it makes drips all down my leg like it does now or not, I'm still doing it. I'm still it. doing it. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, that reminds me of a scandal session we need to do about um, our trip to the winery. But anyway. Um, already recorded this past weekend. Wait, we didn't talk about the winery. I didn't with you. <gasps> I cheated on you at the oh, recording. Oh my. With if you made yourself sound good. No, no one was sounding good. <laughs> Nobody sounded good. I told the story. <laughs> Furiously logging into Patreon now. Right, right. <laughs> Putting on all alerts. Mm-hmm. By the way, those um, sessions can only be listened to by our supporters. Thank you for your support. Yes. On Patreon or Supercast. Uh, Supercast. The thing you can Snapchat, never. That's not it. <laughs> nope. Not that. <laughs> it wouldn't hang around long enough for you to uh, be able to listen to it. Mm-hmm. At the $5 and above level. Thank you all at those levels. Whatever. You're at the $20 level. Yeah. You got a coffee mug. Yes. <laughs> and a bunch of other shit while you were here. And you gave us a candle. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good exchange. Yeah. Although we did save $15 in shipping by having you come over and pick up your damn coffee mug. Although I think she might be getting one through Patreon. It's all kind of messed up. You're getting a double. People are going to be getting mugs, I guess, through Patreon now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't freaking so know. get your damn mug. Anyway, let's take a commercial break and then get back into this conversation because I'm really confused. Okay, be right back. Okay, we're back. And we're back. With our guest, Jen, from the Exmo Candle Company. Mm -hmm. She had been telling us about her journey out of the church and her friend who was Relief Society president who helped with that. Then we got all sidetracked. Yeah, how did we end at, like, do we pee in heaven? I don't don't know. know. You just never know with us. Yeah, so why don't we give it back to Jen? (laughs) Continue your story. Jen, keep us on track. So this friend whom I really looked up to as, you know, a woman of faith and, and someone who really had everything figured out and was living the covenant path. I hate that term. Carry on. Yes, sorry. Horrible. <laughs> I should have used the trigger warning before you <laughs> yes, saying that. True. But she posted something on Facebook 
that was hostile to the church. It was something about church history, something oh. about polygamy under Brigham Young. And I'm like, ooh, you know, this is juicy. Yeah, and, yeah. But that gave me permission because for those 10 years in the wilderness, I still thought anything not published by the church was anti-Mormon, mm-hmm. was inaccurate, was dishonest, could not be trusted, and didn't have the relevant information anyways. I yeah. really believed for that entire time, like shame on me, that the only accurate source of information about the church was the church. So you still believe, but you weren't good enough to be a part of it. Basically, yeah. That I was extremely defective. And, um, you know, that got amplified in those bishop interviews and in feedback from people I dated and people I knew in the singles ward and at SVU. But I just thought, yeah, I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. But then when this really faithful person— post something about how horrendous Brigham Young was mm-hmm. to his wives. I'm like, okay, permission. Like, this is permission. Yeah. There's there's things out there that the church hasn't told me because I've never heard of what she posted. Mm-hmm. And I started Googling things. And what year was this? This was in 2018. Okay. I remember because we had just gotten our dog. And so I started spending like an hour and a half at the dog park in the morning mm-hmm. just so I could listen to episodes of like the Year of Polygamy podcast. Oh, and Yeah, that'll get you. Yeah, well, and especially because she was faithful at the time of recording those early episodes. Mm -hmm, So it mm -hmm. was a great podcast to ease me into these things I hadn't heard before. It wasn't scary anti, right? Right, Exactly. It's like, okay, well, she's faithful and and managed to keep this, but I'm learning insane things. And I mean, I cry laughed so many times in those Mm -hmm. weeks because it was such a weight. All I needed to realize was that the church had lied to me. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody has a different thing that they yeah. needed to to have that light bulb moment. But for me, it was, I've been lied to. If it were true, they wouldn't have to lie. Mm-hmm. You know, if it were true and if it were good and virtuous, they wouldn't lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not. Like, I'm yeah. free. I'm not yeah. an evil person. I'm not basically a murderer for the sins I've committed, yeah. which I really believed about myself, that I was that bad. Wow. So when you refer to the 10 years in the wilderness, was that the period where you still believed in the church? You still thought it was true, but you, it wasn't for you somehow. Exactly. You weren't good enough. Yeah, it was that period. And I mean, there was really a lot of wilderness before there because there were several years where I was going, but like having sex and drinking. Well, I would never and- do that. Wait, wait <laughs> yes, I'm sure nobody does that. <laughs> um, so there were multiple wildernesses, but the big one was really, I'm no longer part of this community. I'm no longer attending. And then 10 years later, finding out it's all bullshit. Yeah, it's not yeah. true anyway. Why did I waste a lot of time feeling wow, guilty? 10 why years. Why could I not enjoy my rebellious high school and early college years? Because everything I went out and did, I felt guilty. Ugh. Right. Well, and for me during that period, things like sex became an act of self-harm and mm-hmm. an act of like showing God that I know how worthless I am and I know mm-hmm. how bad I am. And like, what an awful thing to— to have a church hijack your sexuality mm-hmm. and, and to the point where you're using sex for self-harm. And that's part of—it's one of the many reasons I am angry at the church, and mm-hmm. I think I have a right to be. Absolutely. Y- you know? Absolutely. So uh, I want to wrap my brain around this a little bit more. So the idea of self-harm in a lot of ways, let's say it's I want to feel something. I'm going to do this thing that— is going to help me like feel anything. You know what I mean? Like, right. so well, how do you picture self-harm and how sex fulfilled that for you? So there were multiple ways I was self-harming also, like starting with that first really bad worthiness interview when I was mm-hmm. 15. I would do things like hit myself in the head with a bottle or wow. go on these like fasts and all types of different weird things. And then obviously the suicide attempts. But with sex, it, it was sort of needing to like feel to another level how bad I was as a human being. It was like, like, like not the worst naughty. thing you could do just about, right? Yeah. Short of murdering somebody. And right. I've never been someone who ever has been able to like hurt people intentionally. Yeah. So was it kind of like self-fulfilling? Like, you think I'm bad. Oh, I'm going to show you how bad I am. I'm going to do this thing that clearly proves that I am a bad person, not worthy of God's love. Basically, exactly. It's like I, I'm allowing myself, like during sex, I would try to see myself through God's eyes. Whoa. Terrible. And I mean, it's resulted in some bizarre fetishes now, but like— um, Interesting. Mm-hmm. Leave it in, Dan. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do a Scandal Sessions episode yeah, right after for Scandal. That. Sorry, people. <laughs> it was like that opportunity to just look at myself with 
even more disgust. Mm. And and there was something that was relieving about that. Is I I, I don't know the psychology of it. I wish I I understood it better. But it it was just I almost craved those moments where I could just fully wallow in how despicable I was as a human being. And sex became the sort of way that I did that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was about a lot more, too, because, like, you know how in Mormonism they talk about how when someone has the spirit, you can see it in their countenance. I hate the word countenance. Yeah, sorry, trigger warning again. (laughs) Another one. All these fucking Mormon words. (laughs) Jesus. You know, and so if you take that, like, sort of in reverse, Mm -hmm. when people would see bad things about me or would— do things that suggested they saw bad things about me. I took that as evidence that I was that my wickedness was apparent mm. also. And so I ended up in some really bad situations in the singles ward with guys who would push me sexually or like do things that are I can see in in retros- Wait, priesthood holders? Oh yeah. Wait, return missionaries? Uh-huh. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I would think, well, they would never treat me like this or try to do this with me if I had the spirit, you know, in my countenance. And so I would say, well, how they're treating me is how I really am. Like they're seeing something from inside of me on my outward expression. It became a way also to just reaffirm to myself, like, oh, you're a piece of shit. Like, you're you're a horrible person. And I would end up in these situations with people. Like, there was one guy in the singles ward who was giving me a ride to church, pulled over in a parking lot, and told me I had to give him a blowjob or else he wouldn't keep driving me. <laughs> um, wow. And— uh, Sorry, this is like no, 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 I, I've no, no, actually, let it out. I've let actually, it out. I've never talked about this. I don't mind leaving it in. It's okay. Um, okay. But sorry, I, I didn't plan to talk about this. That's but okay. We, we tend um, to do that to people. So, <laughs> go ahead. Well, you make me comfortable. Good. Um, good. Good. And I did. Like I wasn't attracted to him. I wasn't dating him. I didn't like him. But I thought, well, he wouldn't be doing this if I weren't portraying that this is exactly the type of person I am. And I did it. And then we went to church. Let me guess, wow. he took the sacrament and everything. Oh, yeah, and he also gossiped about me to everybody at church. <laughs> but this whole idea of the countenance, though, yeah. and that how people treat you or react to you is some sort of— Like you're projecting that you're wicked and you'll do whatever, and so that must be why they're treating you that way. Exactly. Okay. And when in retrospect, what I can see is, no, what I was projecting was naivete and low self-esteem. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what it mm-hmm. was. But at the time, I'm like, well, they see who I really am, even in a way that I can't see because, you know, sorry, wow. I forget how that came up. No, but, no, no, uh, that's great. That's, um, gosh, the fucking church. I know. There are no winners coming it all out of the starts Mormon church. with you and I and everyone not being good enough. Yeah. That's the first step. You are not good enough. And it's affirmed by a bunch of adults. Of course. Exactly. Either parents or bishops. The lessons, the songs you sing, the everything that happens in the church. You are unworthy. That's like one of my least favorite hymns now is I Stand All Amazed because it talks Mm -hmm. about how like, oh, I'm so amazed that anyone could love me, that anyone would sacrifice anything for me. And it's like, this is horrible. Uh, uh, For me, a sinner. Such as I or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like like I can't believe God would die for me. Jesus would die for me. I'm so it's so horrible. Right, and like I think one of the lines is a wretch such as I. Yes, like, wretch, mm-hmm. that's what it is a wretch such as. Yes. Well, that's a page read out of Amazing Grace. Saved a wretch like me. Oh, that's you know? true. Same true. idea. Yeah, right. Mormonism uh-huh. does not own this uh, sort of. <laughs> well, they do own the uh, past the cider and the pumpkin pie at this point. <laughs> they can have that one. <laughs> Ooh, cider and the pumpkin pie, a new candle. Oh, <laughs> yes, cider and pumpkin pie. Right, we need to do some consulting. You'll have to come back to the den of iniquity uh, in the fall. <laughs> It's so true what you said, though, about, like, how they're getting it from so many places in the church, too, this, Uh, like, sense. Everywhere. And that's one of the reasons I can't wrap—and the thing is, I'm so grateful for Progmos because they're moving the church in a better direction, Mm -hmm. and I'm grateful on behalf of family that's still in that they're creating safe spaces in the church. But also, I have a really hard time personally wrapping my head around it because it's like, you might be telling your kids one thing at home. They're not getting it from their ecclesiastical leaders. Yeah, you can't control what they're hearing in young women's Mm. in Sunday school and young men's from their bishop at youth conference at EFY, like at all these different things. And I mean, my parents converted when I was six. Mm -hmm. And my mom didn't know until a few years ago that I was ever grilled with sexual questions as a teenager. Well, they don't tell the parents. So here's what we're about to ask your children. They're not going to say that. Right. Right. And so it's like, 
you might be protecting your children in some sense because they're not getting it at home, but they're still getting there's, it. Yeah, so there's still a lot of stuff out of your control. I've said this before. If you have children, you're going to send them, let's say, summer camp. And you know that at summer camp, they're going to teach them a bunch of brainwashy, unhealthy shit that you're going to have to then unteach them when they get home. Are you going to send them to that summer camp? No one would send their kids into a place that teaches children the way the Mormon church teaches or guilts them like they do or asks sexual questions like they do. No parent would send them to like a summer camp that does that. Why are you sending them to church every fucking Sunday plus midweek shit? And you talk about um, progressive Mormons. That's what progmo means. Like, do they still believe? Well, I don't get it. And, and you're right. It's it's good for the church and that maybe things will change. But let's be honest. Nothing's going to truly change until all the old men die. But there'll be a new batch. There'll be a new batch of old men place. because you have to be in step with the old guard to be the new guard. So my hope is that Everyone leaves the church eventually. Um, the progressive Mormons, for example, our neighbors, they're very progressive. And I would love to be like, what are your daughters learning? Yeah. That's what I want to know. And they must think it's true. That's the only thing that I can think is that they truly think it's true and that the church is just kind of behind in the times. Just I, I wait don't... till their daughters are old enough to get in with a bishop. Yeah. You know, yeah. get those interviews. Well, I think one of well them and is, the thing 12. is, are the daughters going to tell their parents? Probably because no. I no one does. Did. I wouldn't have. Like, I— You didn't. No, no. I, I didn't. And honestly, telling my parents and having them think I was next to a murderer was mm-hmm. just about the last thing I would have done. Right. I mean, I tried to kill myself when I was at SVU mm-hmm. instead of telling my parents how I was feeling and, and getting help because, I mean, who wants their parents who love them and, you know, who've done so much for you? Who wants your mother and father to look at you and think you're a murderer? And mm-hmm. now that I'm older and I know my parents better and with a different dynamic, my parents would have loved me all the same, but I didn't know that. And not because my parents didn't show me love, but because I was getting it drilled into me over and over and over again in seminary, at church, everywhere, that any form of sexual sin whatsoever is the sin next to murder, and even your thoughts can condemn you. Oh, God. So— how can you expect a teenager to just go tell their parents, oh, I've committed the sin next to murder? What Mormon parent is going to go to their teenager and say, listen, I get it. You're a teenager. You've probably had sex, and I want you to be able to talk to me about it. <laughs> right. Never. Right, right, right. Inconceivable. Yeah, never. <laughs> or not even to say, in case you do have right. sex, you can talk to me about uh-huh. it. You're not going to hell. I get it. No. Fuck no. My dad, my brother narked on me for drinking one time. Damn it, Mark. Like, he's listening. I know. And my dad approached me on this and was, like, giving me the third degree. Of course, I was denied, 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 because that's what you have to do. You have to lie to your parents. And then I was like, like, you were perfect, Dad. You're telling me you never went to a party before? And he said, oh, I went to the parties, and I picked up the beer bottles, and I smashed them and threw them on the ground so people couldn't drink. Oh, my. What a dork. <laughs> a, what a dork. B, he would have had his ass kicked and in And he probably thought he was like a Benadai or something. He still thinks he is. Oh, my God. That explains so, so, so much. So zero understanding, you know? He could have come to me and said, hey, yeah, um, I kind of heard that you were drinking. Like, let's talk about that. You're kind of young. Is there something that's sort of, you know, wh- like, why are you doing this? Not, why are you doing this? You're, you're making Jesus cry. Right. <laughs> More of like, are you just out to party with your friends or, you know, do you need to talk about something? Well, let's talk about drinking and driving. Let's talk about drinking and being sexually active. Let's talk about, you know, a fucking conversation. But no Mormon kid's going to go to their Mormon parents and have the conversation that's actually needed surrounding breaking the rules of Mormonism, which is like a lot of things, right? Yeah. Because fuck you, church. Oh, my God. So even thinking about sin is equating to doing it, right? Or is it yeah, and it's you just get, like, It's like your thoughts precede your actions. It's, it's first you think it, and then you do it. Well, and like in conference a few years ago, I actually grabbed a video clip of this of Dallin H. Oaks saying, even your thoughts condemn you. Yep. And, you know, you will get different feedback from different leaders or sure. different parents who, who might not emphasize that. But that teaching is there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I was in four wards as a Mormon. In every ward, I had people in position of authority over me as teachers who taught and believed that sort of thing. Absolutely. You ever heard, uh, is this a Mormon thing? Garnish thy thoughts with virtue? 
Or is that like a religious <laughs> thing in general? I know it's a Mormon thing. It's but for it sure might Mormon. Be a, 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 I don't know I bet if it's it is like, a Christian. That sounds like, like a generic Christian yeah, thing. Yeah, it's some kind of scripture know. shit. But it's like hmm. even your thoughts have to be virtuous. Because um, I've considered the demise of Russell M. Putin. I mean, Nelson before. <laughs> so does that make me an outer darkness Basically, goer? yeah. You're, clearly you're not garnishing your thoughts with whatever <laughs> I'm not the garnishing fuck. Not, them. There's no garnish. There's is no, that like, like garnishing your wages? That's such a weird expression. Is it like garnishing like with <laughs> like, cilantro or parsley yeah, or some shit uh, that you don't eat? I don't know. I don't know. Satan sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> so uh-huh. there was there was also that teaching like memorize a hymn. So when your thoughts do start to go astray, you sing a hymn in your head, which is again more brainwashing. Like sing follow the prophet if you start to have a natural thought, right? Right. No, it's a totally like thought stopping technique, and that's yep. something I got hardcore into when I was at SVU. I. Mm-hmm. Lost my virginity when I was 18, right before I went to school. And Uh then, of course, I'm at a church school, and it's like, Mm -hmm. fuck. You know, and I was Got to go to the singles ward bishop, which is the worst. It was the worst. Did you go and repent? Oh, yes. That was awful. And I I got to a point where I was doing a Ramadan-style fast every day, where I would wake up before sunrise. I'd sing hymns and read my scriptures for like an hour before the sun came up. I'd have a croissant. I wouldn't eat anything else for the rest of the day until the sun went down at night. And then before bed, I would sing and read again. So this was your way of like trying to purge yourself of sin, right? Well, especially because I I was thinking about sex. And of course, now I know that the more you try not to think about something, the more you're going to think about it, (laughs) which I think is actually part of their model to make you feel less worthy Mm -hmm. and more like you need them. It's like the less you masturbate, the more you think about masturbating, which is like super sin take you to hell. The the more you have to go to the bishop and tell your bishop you're masturbated, which makes the bishop want to (laughs) masturbate. I mean, it's just this whole circle jerk. (laughs) really of thoughts yeah yeah but I was singing hymns all the time and it's a total brainwashing I bet you were so fun to be around (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) let's not think about that (laughs) how long did you do this routine uh, a couple months, and mm-hmm. it culminated in the first time I tried to end my life um, because I I was going to that bishop. He was totally disdainful, and I mean, he talked to me with absolute disgust. And I Jesus. think that he actually had—he seemed to have a file on me. He had, like, a manila folder. They do. They pass that shit. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that at the it's time. True. And there's yes. so many consent issues within the church. So I'd repented of, like, booby touching when I was 15. Did you touch your own? Because that's fun. They're like my little stress balls now. I'm surprised <laughs> I haven't been doing it, like, during this interview. Uh-huh. Um, but the, You don't seem stressed. Just keep squeezing your tits. Yeah, no, there yeah, was yeah. a Mormon boy in my neighborhood. He was in a different ward because my family served a mission in a Southeast Asian branch. Mm-hmm. He touched my boobies. And Whoa. so I repented of that. I got disfellowshipped for several months. For you allowing him to touch your boobies. But he was fine. His bishop. And the thing is, I don't know if this is Bishop Roulette or if this is misogyny, <laughs> but... His bishop basically said, I remember what it was like to be a teenage boy, do better. I think he went one week without taking the sacrament, and that was it. Um, and that's the most he got. Oh, because oh, it's God. your fault, right? right? But, You're, it's your fault for having tits. It's your <laughs> fault for having your tits show, like, through a shirt. Right. And boys, you know, it's tough for them. It's really difficult. So you should have been the one to stop the advances. Uh-huh. Fuck the patriarchy. Yep. That is purity culture in a nutshell. Right oh, it's there. awful. Yep. And we talked about it afterwards. He didn't get grilled with sexual questions at all. Like my bishop, I was in there for 30 or 40 minutes and was giving him details. And I was totally shocked because they don't tell you what these interviews are no, like. They no. just tell you how beautiful the repentance process exactly. is and how beautiful bishops are. And of course, they tell you they're psychic. So, right. so when don't you when them. they ask you a question, you're like, well, he already knows the answer. He's just testing my honesty. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, were your nipples hard? Yeah. You know, I or you I don't that. remember. Yeah. You know, he asked me if my nipples were hard. He asked me what type of underwear I was wearing. Oh my God. You know, if I had an orgasm, like Jeez. all types of things. It was so he should be behind bars. You were how old? I was 15 Ugh. and I was alone with him and I had no idea it was going like this. I was wow. absolutely sobbing. And you thought it was okay. That's the thing well, is you thought that he, like he ha- he's a bishop. I didn't only think it was okay. I thought it was love. I thought it was Ugh. God's perfect way God. and I didn't like it and oh. I was shocked, but I thought That's that how it is. I thought that was love. Of course, also the bishop was like the father of some of my really good friends. Oh <laughs> and my, my dad God. was second counselor in the bishopric. <laughs> I hate this church. I hate it. Yeah, me too. He told me that excommunication was on the table, which I also had no idea because I we hadn't gotten close. This to- is for touching your boobs. 
We had not even gotten close to having sex. Like, we didn't get naked with each other. There was no orgasming. Not that I knew what that was at 15, because I, you know, didn't know. This is so pissing me off that you get a conversation about possible excommunication, and this kid gets off with, like, one week missing the sacrament. Like, oh, you horny boy, don't do that anymore. And he was older than me. And, and of course, at church, there's no conversations about— you know, boundaries or consent. No. This, this was consensual, by the way. Like, I have nothing but, you know, like for this guy that this happened with. It's not his fault. Sure. You know? No. no, for sure. The bishop terrified me, though, that I might get excommunicated. And How then do sort you of, do that to a 15-year-old girl? Over someone else touching yeah. breasts. Excommunication is not like, well, you're not Mormon anymore. Excommunication is you no longer have the spirit of God with you. You can no longer make decisions because— you don't have God helping you. You're going to be separated from your family for yeah, eternity. For eternity. Is, you're basically threatening a 15-year-old girl because she had her tits touched. You're damning them to hell, essentially. God, fuck the church. Fuck them so much. Fuck them hard. If I could find that bishop, I would literally right? You know, do I feel I like know this all sort of stems from the Adam and Eve story. I mean, Eve was the temptress. And mm-hmm. so for all generations, time and attorney after that, Attorney? Eternity after that. <laughs> or attorneys. That there are a lot of attorneys we might are bishops. Need some, yeah. Right? The women will always be the temptation to men. Mm-hmm. Women will always be at fault because of this one interpretation of early man or whatever. Humans. Patriarchy. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. It's so irritating. <sighs> I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Oh, thanks. I, unfortunately, yeah. this is not the first of this story that I've no. heard. I mean, no, yours is different it's, in its own right, but it's— Is it really different? No. I mean, I really loved my bishop, and and looking back, it's so confusing making sense of these memories. Yeah. And for years, I wanted to just be like, well, he was just following orders. But now that I'm older, I'm 37 years old. I'm much younger than he was when he gave me that interview. And even if I were a true-believing Mormon right now, I would not do that. Exactly. Like, I cannot fathom how a man old enough to have gray hair and grown children— sits down with a 15-year-old in a closed— no matter what orders you're following, no matter no, I get it. who you're obeying, how do you think it's okay exactly. to do that? And right. to ask about what was your underwear and did you have an orgasm? He's a perv. Well, Bottom it's line. just assigning shame to every tiny yes. aspect of sex. This was all your fault. I bet they didn't ask the boy what underwear he was wearing. No, but what they did tell him to do— Okay, I'm extrapolating. I think they told him to do this because I don't think he would have done this otherwise. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a recollection of him specifically telling me my bishop told me to do this. But he told me in the months that followed, like, when he would masturbate. And, of course, I was meant to feel guilty about this. Oh, And my it's God. like— <laughs> Wait a minute. You were supposed to feel guilty about this friend of because yours Because since you let him touch your tits, then that started the little factory going, you know, now he's <laughs> having sex thoughts. So it's your fault that he masturbated? Yeah. And he—now, again, to be fair, like, he was not telling me it was my fault. But that's the message. That's the teaching. That's absolutely the teaching. Yeah, and it's weird because I don't know what exactly they tell young men. Like, I don't know if they think that, like, by masturbating to me, like, Mm -hmm. um, he's sinned against me and he's making some sort of reparations to me. Like, you know how that's— By telling you? That's part of the repentance process. But I think it's more to, like— let All, me know that I'm doing yeah. something to make him master. I, to be honest, I don't know, and I hope he's not listening to this because it'd be really awkward. Um, well, you're not putting any fault on him. He was also no, raising we're not the cult. saying no, names. No, not at all. No, oh. and I have zero like blame for yeah. him. Yes, yeah. he was a kid too. All sure, women, yeah. all women are the downfall of men. Yeah, in religion. Yeah, look at the Muslims. Mm-hmm. Same idea. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they have to be covered from head to toe? Yeah, all women are the downfall of men in religion. Look in the Bible. Yeah. David, right? He was— Oh, he was tempted. He killed his friend because of Bathsheba. Yeah. She All she did was look pretty. bathing naked, right? Right, yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he lost his— He sent his friend to the front line because yeah. he lusted after the guy's wife so much. It's like, it's always the woman's fault. hmm Yeah. Why any woman would choose to remain in these patriarchal religions is beyond me. What do you get out of it? I would say they don't know they're damaged yet. So a lot of people say, you know, I'm a Mormon woman. I I don't have any trauma. Like, this has been great for me. You're saying that if you leave, you will see how fucked up you are over the church. But when you're in it, blinders, God wants this. My life is wonderful, blah, blah, blah. I didn't realize I was so fucked up till I left and analyzed. And I'm like, 
dude, I'm really fucked up. Mm. This traumatized me. Yeah. Everyone in the Mormon church has trauma from the Mormon church, period. End of a story. You will not realize it until you leave. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, let's take another quick break. And Pay then more bills. We'll wrap this up. So, Shelly, I know you know firsthand that nothing says I'm an apostate like drinking coffee. And no one says that better than apostate coffee. That's right. If you're ready to express your apostatism, is that a word, apostatism? Nope, but I liked it. Visit apostatecoffee.com and check out tasty blends like Cup of Joe, Choose the Light, Outer Dark Roast, and more. All apostate coffee is sustainably sourced, fair trade, and organic. Oh, even better, so you can feel good about being an apostate. Are you kidding? It's the best. So drink for yourself. Head to www.apostatecoffee.com, enter LDL when you check out, and get 10% off your order. Ooh, it's like you get a full tithe back with every purchase. Do it. We are back. Hello. Hello. So my parents converted when I was six, so I didn't get in from nursery. Mm -hmm. But they indoctrinate you from such a young age, Mm -hmm. and I certainly started getting it at six. For sure. um, Of how little you know compared to priesthood authority. Absolutely. And, And so for me— when women would talk about women having the priesthood, I scoffed at it outwardly because yep. that's sort of the cool thing to do right. to show that you're like, you know, I'm yeah. not one of those crazy right. feminists. <laughs> but um, <laughs> cringe. Feminazi. I know, I know. But also, inwardly, I was terrified of the idea of women having the priesthood because I had been taught for years not to trust my own voice mm, and not God. to trust my own intuition mm-hmm. or my own thoughts about anything and to sort of defer to men. And if something feels wrong to you, it's because you don't understand it. You aren't worthy enough. Like, I, I struggled with polygamy for a lot of years, oh, yeah. right? Like, it hurt my heart. Like, literally imagining me having to share a, a loved one, husband, wife, whatever. I mean, I wasn't thinking about gayness at the time, but it hurt me. When I said anything about that to a man, of course, it would be like, well, we'll be perfect in heaven. And so it'll make sense. There's no jealousy in heaven. Like, wait, but fucker, you don't have to change. Well, and the women tell you that too, the adult women. Absolutely. Like I started getting taught about eternal polygamy when I was at least 12, but maybe Mm -hmm. before then. But I knew by the time I was a beehive, I knew that that was going to be the situation. My understanding at that point was pretty much what the early church understanding was, was that polygamy was going to be mandatory in heaven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brigham Young taught that. And mm-hmm. I suddenly became horrified, like, looking around at all the Mormon boys in our ward that I was like, oh, he's cute. And now suddenly I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, and, you and I was like, so like angry. You feel livestock. You feel like you're, you're nothing. Ten-cow right. wife. Exactly. Oh, A bunch gosh. of them, right? <laughs> but then, like, all that anger I had about the situation got turned inward because mm-hmm. I'm too small to understand it. I'm yes. not good enough to understand. And the it. men understand it. Oh, yeah. And then you think about it when you leave the church, you're like, they don't have to even think about understanding because it works for them. They're well, like, sure. Oh, fuck it. It's yeah. great for them. They get yeah. to be gods of their own limitless planets. Mm-hmm. They get to have eternal sex mm-hmm. with a limitless harem. Mm-hmm. And, Lots sorry, of vaginas, yeah. as mm-hmm. many as you want. I want to write a sitcom like set in Mormon heaven where the women have like lesbian relationships with yeah. each other. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> I think we should all get drunk. Can one we night pick the cast? <laughs> <laughs> Casting. Oh, that's good shit. Yeah, I want to audition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got the part. Because, like, what do all the other wives do? Well, he's like, because you're also- taking care of a billion babies. Like, you watch Sister Wives or whatever it is, right. like real life. They'll sew uh, a pillow or a bonnet or something. They'll sew, they'll sew a Some fucking bonnet. Some kind of activity and. Relief Society oh, or something. God, I know. Well, you look, at, you look at Brigham Young's <laughs> style polygamy. He didn't know all of his kids. Right. You know, they they How just tragic for the children too. Oh. That was one thing that kind of flipped a switch with me and I was still a believing Mormon, but I was like cuz my dad worships Brigham Young, Brother Brigham he calls him. Mm-hmm. And this switch flipped and like how could he have been a good dad? Well, there's no way. And the the reason I got that is because when I started having kids, Brent my ex, he was always very close to the children, wanted to hold them wanted to talk to them. And he's very attentive with the kids. I'll give that to him for sure. And then I thought, what if you had 50-something of them? There's just not <laughs> enough hours in the day. They well, would you need just numbers. don't understand, Shelly. I know. I don't understand. Love is limitless. Uh-huh. Fuck that. Yeah. Yep. And children having trauma and needing to go to therapy the rest of their lives is also 
part of that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's, it's but something we go through. make sure to use LDS Family Services. Absolutely. Keep it all in the guilty. More guilty. God. Yeah. Make it the kids' fault over mm-hmm. and over and over. Mm-hmm. Well, I went to the school psychologist against my will. Oof. I had a professor who noticed how depressed I was and said he was going to call my parents unless I went to the school psychologist. So I went. <laughs> and this is when I was suicidal but hadn't yet tried anything. And I couldn't talk to him. Like, I'm, I'll give you the Reader's Digest. I couldn't talk to him directly because there was no guarantee of confidence. Confidentiality, mm. um, and I was worried about him reporting me to the honor council. Oh, which could get you kicked out of school, right? Oh yeah, and then my parents would know I was basically a murderer, mm-hmm. and, you know, yada yada. But I tried to give him a sense of how depressed I was, mm-hmm. and these self harm thoughts I was having, these suicidal thoughts that were like blaring constantly in my mind. And this man with a PhD, well, I assumed he had a PhD. Maybe he didn't, but he was a psychologist. Right, went to school for this shit. Right, he was a professional psychologist working for Southern Virginia University, and he told me in his capacity as psychologist that I just wasn't reading the Book of Mormon enough. And this is when I was waking up before sunrise to read the Book of Mormon. This is when you were doing Ramadan and shit. Yeah, to like sing hymns and read the Book of Mormon, and I'm like, I'm not doing it enough. Right. And this is someone with priesthood. This is someone— Who's a psychologist? Who, yeah, you know oh, who fucking hate it. Yeah, I have not used LDS Family Services myself, but I'm wary of. Don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah, oh I went to a God. Mormon counselor once, and it was crazy bullshit. Yep. Okay, so here's the thing. What's the thing? We kind of need to talk more about the candles. And Jen has been so awesome in opening up to us. It's like— It's I, very cathartic, it right? Is. It really is. Yeah. I love you guys, man. Aww. Thanks for— We love you, too. And you sharing your shit is like there's going to be people listening going, oh, I'm not alone. Jen went through that shit, too. I yeah. hope so, yeah. I mean, 100%. that's a big part of why we're doing the candles is to have that physical reminder you're not alone. So tell us about um, this big candle release we have coming up. All righty. So by the time this episode drops, there will be a few new candles on our website, including the Gay Away the Prey candle, which smells like firewood, black tea, and sweet orange, amongst other things. Mm -hmm. A percentage of the proceeds will specifically go to benefiting the Latter-day Lesbian podcast. Sweet. You know, a big part of this whole ex-Mormon Candles project for us was always going to be about community. And on the one hand, we need help getting the word out about these things, you Mm -hmm. know? So that's part of it for us from like the selfish point of view. But it's also... I love your podcast, and and so if we can do something that benefits you guys, too, I'm really excited about that. Oh, thank you. So we have this candle out. It smells amazing. It's got a really great hot throw. Adrian and I rent out a basement. Hot throat. Oh, hot throw. Sorry, that's some candle lingo. Hot throw? I was thinking hot throw. I'm like, huh. (laughs) So there's some candle lingo for you. That's how much it, like, fills a space. And so once you have it burning for about an hour or so, Adrian and I live in a basement apartment. You guys have been there. Mm -hmm. And I had this burning earlier today. It filled the entire basement. You know, it it smells amazing. It is really nice, isn't it? It is. It's very pleasant. And we usually fill a room that we're in, you and I, I, so it's very us. (laughs) (laughs) With our odor? No, with our energy. Thank you very much. Jesus, Mary. So if you're listening to this, if you want to support the podcast, if you want to support us, and if you want an amazing candle, go ahead over to exmocandles.com. It's going to be under a menu called Creator Candles. And you can find it by clicking on Latter-day Lesbian at the top or by just scrolling down. You'll see Gay Away the Prey. You will not regret getting this candle. It smells amazing. These are not like dollar store shit candles. These are top quality, like handmade, hand smelled by us. That would be no smelled. (laughs) These are good. They're A lot of thought and care went into the creation of these candles. Seriously, you guys hand make these things. Are they made with soy? Somebody was saying, oh, I have a soy allergy. I can't even have a soy candle. Yes. And and some people are going to hate the other side of this answer. They're a blend of soy and paraffin. And the reason we do that is so the soy helps the candle smell stronger. It Mm -hmm. helps it burn longer. And of course, it's nice. A, A lot of people really like soy candles. The paraffin increases the melting point. And the reason we did that is most of our customers are out in the Morador. 
And mm. a lot of soy candles will melt in the mail, especially if they're sitting in shipping for three or four days yeah. in the summer. So we included a little bit of paraffin in the candles to up that melt point. So they're a soy paraffin blend. And if somebody has an allergy to soy, sorry. Yeah, sorry. we just wanted to be upfront about the ingredients in case you have an issue. But I'm guessing the ingredients are listed on your website. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, the fragrance oils we use, we get them from a few different manufacturers, and they're all, I can't say this, phthalate-free. <laughs> you know, they're toxin-free. They do not give us the exact ingredients in those fragrance oils that's proprietary to them. Um, so we don't have, like, every chemical that might be in them, but we do have assurances from our suppliers that these are toxin-free. Cool. Very nice. And nothing's more toxic than the fucking Mormon church. Right. So. It's got to be less You're toxic be, than uh, that. It's got to be. You're going to be okay, people. <laughs> Order the damn candle. <laughs> what are your favorite, a uh, few of your favorite candle names or blends? Besides ours, of course. Well, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so Adrian and I have different favorites, both mm-hmm. on the scents and the names. But for me, I mean, the first candle that I knew I wanted to make, just because of some of the stuff we've talked about, yeah. was Licked Cupcake. Okay. Now, I don't personally burn that one very often because I have a problem with sugar, and mm. I get major cravings <laughs> when mm-hmm. I burn it because it smells like a cupcake. <laughs> um, but it's one of Adrian's favorites. Like, whenever we need to make those, oh, look at that. Yeah, we have one <laughs> I here. I have one right here. Yeah, whenever we have to make that, Adrian always uh, volunteers to make those. I like, I have made some of them, but... Uh, I am also a licked cupcake. Hell and yeah. I felt like a licked cupcake or an apple with a bite taken out of it. And the, the more recent one for the children is a uh, cracked iPhone. Oh my case. gosh, I hadn't so, heard that. Yeah, it's no. new. But yeah, for names, that's one of my favorites. The Gay Agenda one, the full name is I Consecrate My Time, My Talents, and My Money to the Gay Agenda. Yes. <laughs> and Shelly, you'll know this from... Well, and you will too, because you guys have done the temple episodes, but mm-hmm. that's language from the temple. You yeah. you swear to consecrate your time, your talents, and your money to the Mormon church. Building up of the Church of Jesus Christ, or blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. So that was the second candle idea that we had. And that was one it. of the others that like, no matter what other candles we make inactive or whatever, I don't care if we don't sell any of those. I mean, we do. They're some of our bestsellers. <laughs> but um, those will always be on the shelf just for, yeah. for personal reasons. And, you know, that was also the candle we sent to Dallin H. Oaks, <laughs> which was probably my favorite day of being in business. <laughs> you sent him a candle? Yeah, we sent it to the church office building, care of Dallin H. Oaks. love it. <laughs> so I know he I didn't it. get it, and I know it's childish, and I don't give a that fuck. No, you awesome. shouldn't give a fuck. I think it's amazing. That's Hell amazing. Yeah. Next time, just go outside of the offices and just start throwing them through their windows, like just smashing, <laughs> light them first. Well, that Sorry. is vandalism. <laughs> Whatever. What's Adrian's favorite? So scent-wise, Adrian really likes the bakery scent. So he mm-hmm. likes licked cupcake. He likes recommend buster that smells like coffee and fudge and leather. <laughs> recommend buster. <laughs> and he likes um, mood lighting for My Little Factory. Oh, um, God. Yeah, yeah that, that's one of my favorite label names. Just. Uh-huh. It's funny that he likes it. <laughs> yes. Well, and actually— we wanted to choose something like scents that were aphrodisiacs for mm-hmm. that candle and both vanilla and cinnamon. It smells like vanilla creme brulee and cinnamon and both of those are aphrodisiacs. I think I'll touch myself to that candle. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave one on the kitchen table for Thank you. Thank you. I mean, leave it in the bedroom. Kitchen's weird. <laughs> That's funny. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You do you, baby. Oh, I will. Okay. Um, but so Adrian really likes those. We both really like apostasy and he mm-hmm. came up with that scent because he works in luxury hotels And he gets really into all the details of hotels. This is like a special interest for him. And a lot of luxury hotels use white tea in their products because it is a sort of sophisticated smell. Mm -hmm. And so our apostasy candle smells like white tea, red currant, and bergamot, and a few other things. But um, And so that's one that we both like. Mm -hmm. But scent-wise for me, my entire soul basically is poured into bookworm apostate. That Mm. is my favorite candle now. We took the longest to develop that one because mm-hmm. I was so finicky about it. Like, we took a long time to develop all of them. Every single candle we have went through multiple recipes, multiple tests, yeah. you know, where we tweaked this or changed that. But Bookworm Apostate, we've been working on for over a year <laughs> because wow. I had to get it just right. But it smells like old books and pipe tobacco. Neat. And it's not my favorite label. I mean, it is two core identities for me in terms yeah. of being a bookworm and being an apostate. Right. But the scent is basically just me. You know, it's exactly what I want to smell all the time. I love to hear how what you've decided to do has been healing for you. And the fact that it's a jab at the fucking cult that hurt you, Mm -hmm. and now you're healing from it is 
beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's still healing. Like, yeah. I, I kind of wondered, oh, am I going to have a big explosion and then sort of be over it in a month? But honestly, there was so much trauma and there's yeah. so much healing to be done. And also, as we share these on social media, as we mail these out, so many people who order leave us notes in the checkout process saying, mm. hey, this is my story. You know, they'll leave us a little paragraph oh, and about awesome. why they're getting this particular yeah. candle. Yeah. And it means so much to me, whether that's racial shaming. We have a dark is delightsome candle, and we've mm. gotten some poignant oh, notes that. about that. Or licked cupcake mm -hmm. or the gay agenda or even things like lazy learner, where people who are leaving more recently mm -hmm. did feel shame about doubting and things like that from Russell yep. M. Nelson. And, you know, it's it's incredibly healing. It's been just wonderful. Like, I love it so much. We understand the way it feels to have someone open up and share their trauma with you because we're in that space. And so, like, you're seeing that space, too, where it's it's an honor. It's an honor to be that ear that someone will open up to about. And you're doing it through candles. It's just really impactful. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, kudos. It's beautiful. Thank you. And it really is an honor. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, we're so happy to have you here today. Yeah, thank you so much. Great. Well, thank you for having me on. I've of loved course. being here. Of course. And thank you, really, for your bravery in sharing your story. Yeah. I know that isn't necessarily easy to do, and we appreciate it. I know other people will definitely benefit from that. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks. And thanks for creating a space where I felt comfortable. Of course. Absolutely. You know, while we're thanking people, we should thank Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. <laughs> Can I say that one more time as Go a longtime fan of the show? Yeah. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so everybody remember this week to steer clear of cults because they're no joke. No joke at all. Talk to everybody later. Bye. See ya. Bye.